This podcast contains adult content, including cannabis. You're listening to Bellas Who Blaze. Everyday discussions elevating cannabis lifestyles from a female perspective. Joining me this episode is my lovely friend, Akira from Vancouver, who's been in the legal cannabis industry from basically like the start from its very early days. She's worked with some of the biggest cannabis companies in the world, along with being a consumer yourself. You're filled with insights about cannabis um, and Canadian cannabis customers. And I'm really excited to chat with you today. Welcome. Hey, I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for coming on. So I kind of wanted to start off with asking you, like what really got you into cannabis or what interests you about cannabis? Honestly, I've just had very rough sleep five or six years ago um, when I was still in university at UBC and I was really struggling with all the exams and staying up really late and then it really fucked up with my uh, insomnia and sleep patterns and sleep behaviors taking forever to fall asleep waking up in the middle of the night soon after uh, I met my boyfriend and then he introduced me or I mean i blazed a few times before then but he was really what kind of encouraged me was like it's not it's don't worry about it it's okay and I just felt like I was in a safe space to really get into it and yeah I remember we were hanging out and then we blazed I got home and I went to sleep or went to bed expecting to take forever to fall asleep again but I literally had the best sleep that night that I could ever imagine and I woke up feeling really refreshed you know, not groggy. I felt really good. And I was like, what was that? And, you know, obviously it was weed. And since then, honestly, I kind of um, started smoking weed pretty much every night. Yeah, it was just really good. Just finding that out. (laughs) I never knew that David was the kind of entryway into like being more of a, would you say you're a daily cannabis consumer? Well, now definitely daily, even um, on the weekends, like during the day, would, you know, either vape or maybe take uh, gummier here and there. But he was definitely the one to kind of ease me into it because I've had a pretty rough experience in the past. And I don't know if weed was for me, um, but he's definitely um, helped me feel a little bit more okay about it. And I just want to touch on kind of your professional experience, just because you have such a background working for some of the world's largest cannabis companies, and you're working for a pretty prominent retailer in Vancouver now. But from your experience, um, working from those large corporate cannabis companies through to a more smaller business, are there any mistakes or what kind of mistakes have you observed businesses make in the industry? Uh, trying to grow too fast, doing things too fast without acknowledging the market that's available. You know, in the past, management, um, back at my previous job, management would do things without really having too much of a care, and they've spent a lot of money doing it. And then, you know, eventually that money runs out. It doesn't, <laughs> if you're not making any, then you run, you will run out and your operations will definitely just kind of stop. Like they open a lot of stores for the sake of opening it and in these very remote areas because they had to maybe fulfill some sort of quota or, 
you know, they were obviously also given quarterly or yearly goals that they needed to fulfill and satisfy and um, just trying to reach those uh, milestones they spent more than they had and those stores weren't making enough money. I mean, I'm, I'm also just talking about the retail side of things. Um, mm-hmm. I was in the retail department back then, but yeah. just seeing the recklessness of overspending and um, not really knowing the markets that they were opening up in over anticipating like I think they really overestimated the potential some of these stores had to I think that's an issue and I think a little bit of arrogance like I think they very overestimated that people would be spending a lot of money on legal cannabis right away they almost took an alcohol approach to cannabis didn't they definitely yeah definitely I think it still does but yeah like a lot of the times the analysis was okay, compare it to the liquor market, liquor industry. And it's like, um, but, you know, there's a lot of differences there. Also, alcohol isn't competing with the gray market too. The mm-hmm. shelf um, life of alcohol is much longer. You don't have to do things as quickly, maybe. Cannabis is technically a perishable, if anything, right? Oh, like yeah. it, has a, it has a time limit on the shelf from once mm-hmm. it's harvested. Exactly. Not anticipating these things doing things just because they needed to for some reason um Mm. but yeah to hit the investor goals (laughs) there you go shareholders (laughs) exactly (laughs) that's so interesting and so you and david would probably consume cannabis quite a bit together oh yeah definitely every night uh we'd go for a walk or something and do it up yeah we'd come back watch some cartoons maybe have a little snack and then go to bed feeling really really good <laughs> nice and I know you're quite a um hybrid gal do you have a favorite hybrid because I know that we smoked quite a few more like sativa leaning hybrids but do you honestly have a... these days I like really any flower I've become more and more that I don't really have a favorite strain and especially after doing the cannon reps course and learning about cultivars and things we called sativa and indica I mm-hmm. think it's kind of in our heads <laughs> totally when like these effects are more sativa or these effects make you sleepy so it must be an indica like I don't know mm-hmm. um I've definitely had experience with uh sleepy feeling sativas too so learning that on camera and indicas that just keep you awake or supposed indicas that yeah. keep you like really awake at night yeah or even give you the almost paranoid feeling I I mean definitely smoking too much or certain strains will definitely give me some sort of paranoia and it, that doesn't necessarily mean um, I just smoke the sativa and indica either it's so a long story short I don't really have a favorite anymore definitely there are certain flower or strains that I like more than others <laughs> What do you tend to like more? Do you have like a flavor profile that you enjoy? More citrusy, herbally, terpene profiles. Yeah. Because the important thing with cannabis is that it's not just the THC content and CBD content that's going to affect affect your body. It's the terpene profile. And the terpenes yeah. are really important because they are the aromatic compounds found in basically all of nature it's what gives lemons the lemon smell it's what gives pine needles the piney smell Mm -hmm. and it's also what gives cannabis its distinct aromas and they have an entourage effect 
on your body. So the terpenes and how they interact with your body is basically what produces the effect of particular cultivars in a sense. And not the sativa indica myth. If you had to choose without looking at the flower, without knowing the name, all you got to see was the THC content and terpene profile and percentages. And you saw one was really high in THC, but low terpenes. One was high in terpenes, but low in THC. Which would you choose? Uh, Past me would have chose the high THC for sure. But I think current me would uh, go for that higher terpene profile. Now that I'm educated on this, I kind of know how to determine a better tasting flower. I think in the legal market, that's definitely something that uh, requires a little bit more um, focus or just a little bit more attention on a lot of the times you might get dry flower. Like, I think compared to the gray market still, there is a little bit of catch up that is required. Things are definitely looking a lot better um, before it was like very overpriced, very dry, very shitty flower. But now it's like there's a lot of little craft growers that are coming out with really good, really nice flower and producing things that aren't like their main focus isn't just to get a high THC. So they're focused on growing flower that has nice flavor. What do you look for in a good bud? Um, frosty, frostiness. I like the big nugs. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing is sadder than a little, like, popcorn nug. Yeah. Like, really small. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I get that certain, certain strains have little smaller nugs, but Mm -hmm. I like that big, full one with, um... Dense... It's got a little bit of squish to it when you squish it, but it doesn't like crunch and crumble apart. No, yeah. Sticky. I like it sticky too. Yeah. And so I want to talk a little bit about your weekends because I know you're a very active person. You really enjoy running and biking. And I know in summer you were always going on these like 100 kilometer bike rides. But do you use cannabis during it? after before like is cannabis part of your sort of exercise so for the 100 kilometer ones no because (laughs) i will get so thirsty um and there's no way i can carry that much water on me (laughs) while i do these (laughs) crazy rides but uh there are times where we might go on maybe a more casual night ride um in the summer and um one of my favorite things is just the casual ride so that's when I would maybe integrate some maybe we bring a bait along or we bring a joint to smoke on the way or um, find a spot and pull up and do it up a little bit I do like personally I'm not a huge fan of blazing and exercising although I do see the appeal and I do get why people would like it Um, I mostly just because it makes me so thirsty and um, Mm. I want to drink water but I get that uh, feeling of like ultra focus. When I'm riding, when I'm high, I'm super focused. I really concentrated on my breathing. So I'm breathing in um, through my nose, out my mouth the proper way. Because sometimes I would just like do whatever and then really um, go. Breathe however. (laughs) Yeah, no, honestly, like if you're, if I'm too tired or um, struggling or something like, 
I would fuck up my breathing and then like, you know, take too much breath in and then I start burping or something and get cramps mm. or something like that. And when I'm blazed, like I don't, I don't do that as often. And I just not really give a fuck about what's going on around me um, mm. and centralize my thoughts within myself. And I do see the appeal. It's just can't be overdoing it. Like I think it's more microdose or you go do a little bit at a time before you kind of you know get really blazed or else that's I, I don't know I might just like drop my bike somewhere and just fucking go for a snack instead <laughs> yeah exactly forget that you're there to exercise yeah yeah because I I know quite a few people that like to smoke cannabis before they work out even you know people say it definitely helps them go running and things when I used to be a bud tender at a dispensary in downtown van people would just pop in buy one pre-roll you know on their way to go running they just smoke it around the corner and then go for their run and says that it makes them super focused and they just have a really good run every time mm-hmm. versus I tried to do it because I was like exercising blaze like that's the best thing ever and then obviously had a little bit too much it was like I am so demotivated to exercise (laughs) yeah you know and like the focus is there it's just your body just couldn't keep up for me versus if I have a little bit and do yoga that is like my sweet spot when it comes to cannabis and exercise Mm -hmm. and really for you it's just main thing is thirsty (laughs) that stops you (laughs) yeah exactly yeah no but overdoing it will definitely stop me like I last thing I really want to do would be to blaze right I just kind of my favorite thing to do when I'm high is really just to lay down on the couch and have some chips and watch cartoons that's that's the Mm -hmm. best feeling (laughs) yeah for me I like doing a lot of activities blazed I feel like it just elevates the experience you know like it's Mm. almost like a full body experience I love having a little toke before I go stand up paddleboarding. That to me is really nice. I like to do things out in nature blazed. Yeah. At the same time, I love doing anything creative blazed. Like, I don't really make music, but I love listening to music, doing dance or going out dancing. Even things like baking or cooking, those sorts of things. Housework, cleaning. Mm -hmm. So... (laughs) that covers kind of life other than work really work is the only time that I don't do it because the with the nature of my job I'm always writing and and producing content on behalf of other people so I do kind of have to be a bit more sharp but like the main thing for me too that got me into cannabis in the first place was the sleep not being able to sleep, especially around that university time, I think very similar to you, you know, and you just need something to help you sleep. But I didn't want sleeping pills. Like one time I did take a natural sleeping pill. So it was basically like a supplement that said to be like a sleep aid. Yeah. And I swear I could not wake up the next morning. Like it was yeah. so heavy on my body. Mm-hmm. It was those moments where you try and open your eyes, but your eyelids are just way too heavy to keep your eyes open. And oh, it was just man. like was that. that I have no idea, but it was supposedly all natural supplements and some kind of I cherry extract. And I know it was like cherry extract and all these other things. It was 
quite the experience. And then I had cannabis, and like you said, it's it's a lot lighter. It helps you like ease into a sleep, stay asleep. You wake up, and it's not too heavy unless you've consumed too much. I think yeah. that's when it gets a bit foggy for me the next morning, but mm-hmm. otherwise, it doesn't leave that residue. Yeah, and you can always control like how much you let to say roll, how much flour you roll into a joint or something like that, right? Mm. Um, or, or how much you, you grind can... up into a cone in a mm-hmm. pipe. Mm-hmm. And then you don't even have to smoke all of it; you can just nub it. But like that pill just sounds like it's all or nothing. And like dosing as well, it's like that might be perfect for someone who's like a giant man um, versus <laughs> a full blown adult versus yeah. an Asian adult. Who's, yeah. who can be, like, the equivalent of a 15-year-old. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Both of you can take this one pill, and it, it's definitely not going to have that same effect. Mm-mm, no. But speaking of, has cannabis ever really affected your motivation or your focus at all? Because that stereotype exists, right? Where it's like you're lazy or you don't achieve anything in life. and Yeah, I mean, we... um. Even at work, we shit on ourselves for being like, oh, I was probably too blazed. And I mean, never me, because I'm the same way as you, where I don't work well when I'm trying to, you know, do a lot of spreadsheets and data, whatever, you know, like. Mm -hmm. When your focus has to be spread across so many things versus focusing on one thing. Exactly. No, you you are exactly right. Um. Yeah, if I'm drawing something on Procreate, because, you know, I got that iPad yes. and I've been drawing and stuff. So You're an artist. That, uh, <laughs> no, I wish. I did, like, this one shitty drawing. But, <laughs> um, no, I mean, something like that, I definitely enjoy doing while high. Um, outdoor activities as well, but, like, chill outdoor activities, like, small hikes and walks mm. and whatever. But at work, I'm definitely, like, I need to focus on the spreadsheet, answering emails, um, talking to people, then I have to just kind of have my mind clear. There were times where like people, my coworkers would be like, hey, do you want to blaze for like blaze a bit or whatever? And I've taken, like, I usually turn it down, but I've taken up on offers. But afterwards, I'm like, like, I only accept when I know like the afternoon, I'm like, pretty okay, you know, be a little bit more chill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I know like, if I blaze, I just, I might answer like one email yeah (laughs) really like you just want to do chill tasks yeah like I I'm not I wouldn't be good on a call like I was on a call one time place and I just had like no idea if I even said anything that made sense (laughs) Um, but yeah and and like there's definitely that stereotype even at like a cannabis company Mm. um Mm. and there are so many high-functioning cannabis consumers who are daily consumers, right? Like some people, cannabis in the morning is like their cup of coffee. I don't really drink coffee, but I know what it was like. For me, it's like a strong cup of matcha. That's what I need in the morning to like really focus and be able to just go and do my shit. But for other people, cannabis is the thing that motivates them, gets them super energetic and focused and able to take on the day versus someone like you or me where it's the thing that we take at the end of the day to wind down close off the day and get ready for the next one and so as an asian cannabis consumer and coming from a part chinese heritage part japanese heritage 
Do you deal with any kind of stereotyping as an Asian or even as an Asian female cannabis consumer? Has that been part of your journey at all? Uh, I gotta say, in the workplace at least, people take me quite seriously. Um, I don't experience any sort of outright stereotyping. Um, everyone's been really accepting and chill and you know, it's business, right? It's do your shit and everyone will be cool. My mom doesn't know I smoke weed or at least maybe she pretends she doesn't know. <laughs> it's just it's like, I know you work for a weed company, but you better not do it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> Replying back to a really and, baked. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, like that actually happened multiple times. She's like, yeah, I know you're doing really well at this company and I know it's a growing industry. Like at least she's understanding of that. Like mm, I was mm-hmm. actually initially when I first got my first um, weed industry job, like I was a little bit concerned about how she would react if I told her. She actually took it really well because like at least she knew and understands. Like, I mean, we're all for Asian families. It's like, yeah, as long as you're making money and like you're comfortable, right? Like that's, I mean, that's all they can be happy with. And um, that's great. But yeah, she, I don't think she'll ever be okay if I, (laughs) if I just said, yeah, you know, I smoke weed every day and you wouldn't try and ever convince her onto like trying a CBD product or something ever. Um, I did bring home some CBD drinks, and she's she drank it, so we're good on that. Nice, nice. <laughs> she's she's actually like coming around to it, but I know like I know smoking would be like out of the question. They all they still have that conce- um misconception of uh that marijuana w- is addictive, mm. and she thinks um. It might not necessarily bad be bad for your health. Like she, I think she's come around to that idea, but she's not come around to the idea that I might waste all my money um, because I'm addicted to marijuana. Mm. To be fair, I do spend a lot of money on weed. <laughs> yeah, but I don't. I'm not spending money I don't have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, if you're not a big drinker either, it kind of equates to someone's alcohol spend. If anything, I still don't think it would match up. I mean, depending on how mm-hmm. big of a drinker you might be, but you I save agree. in some areas, you don't in others. Mm-hmm. I can't really be good at my job if I don't try Everything. these products, right? Exactly. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. It's your responsibility. <laughs> exactly. The people need to know. And so living in a country with legal cannabis and being part and seeing the transition from the kind of gray legacy market into the legal market that we have now has anything changed for you did did that change much at all for you at all i still like to pick up gray market flower you still got your plug (laughs) oh yeah i mean i gotta say like if you're getting if you want to get large quantities gray market is still where it's at like i can't I can't deny it. Like you get that bag and you open it up and it's dank and just the amount of time that it's spent on the shelf is not comparable yet. Exactly. And the price is obviously reasonable and everything like moisture level is all there and it's very good weed and you don't really even need a bovita pack for even I would say like weeks, a month. 
I, if you had like maybe let's just say a half ounce, that will last. That's just not the same in the legal market. I would not get any, like I wouldn't get any ounces or half ounces or even quarters for that. I do like trying these craft kind of new products. I wouldn't go over an eighth just because I like trying out these new products and Mm -hmm. um, making sure I know what I'm talking about when I go on calls with my colleagues or Mm. talk to reps and making sure I am kind of up to date on what's out there in the market. And an eighth for people that don't know US slash North American terms, that would be about three and a half grams. Yeah. So like a Um, 50 bag. Yeah. What do you think is the most popular product in the legal market? Um, I mean, it's still pre-rolls and flour. I I think gray market flour is still very much prevalent. So I think there's still more potential. But I mean, people still come in looking for flour mostly. But right now, um, the strongest category would be pre-rolls. Um, people seem to be getting lazy or I don't know, like just want that quick pickup, right? But also... I didn't realize, even amongst the cannabis community, how many people actually can't roll for themselves. Like, I've met people that are like, I've never had to roll. Someone's always rolled it, so I don't know how to roll. And I'm like, huh. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. What would you say is the most popular 2.0 product? So, out of the kind of concentrates, edibles, beverages space? Are, are vapes part of the 2.0? Yes. Vapes, then. Vape cartridges. Yes, mm. um, that will be like our third pop, most popular category after pre-rolls. Um, and especially, I mean, at first it was not super great. And um, there's a lot of concerns about leaking cartridges or um, cartridges that weren't pulling. Um, just hardware issues too, because they would like companies would try be trying to do their own thing, but they have no idea how electronics work and these batteries are like the compatibility and things like that. So um, they'll be coming out with these products and it'll just uh, like having all sorts of issues or really harsh because it just wasn't like pulling right or whatever it was. Last year, I purchased my first legal cartridge by Colab, the strawberry ice, and it tasted and pulled so much better. Like I got to say that one was at a higher price point and it was more expensive but the quality and the the flavor was just like all there like I didn't mind paying a little bit more for that even the PAX one like the first time I tried the PAX era the drag is so light like you barely feel like you're pulling anything or you know like pulling and dragging we're referring to like that sucking motion of the air mm-hmm. drawing that air into your mouth but just yeah. you barely had to pull anything for it to just work and then the smoothness of the distillate itself was definitely miles apart and so have you through your cannabis journey ever had a situation where you've overconsumed? we were heading to london we're trying to get on the plane at ybr and that's vancouver um, airport right yeah and i actually it was the gummies that you gave us (laughs) (laughs) 
and um we cut it up in little pieces but this is gray market gummy so it was like a lot of milligrams i don't even remember how much in one i think that was like 50 like 100 yeah 50 or 100 oh actually i think it might have been 150 I know you gave me, because you gave me two kinds. One was, like, more so CBD, and the other was THC, and you said to take them together so you can, like, kind of balance Mm. each other. And so, like, yeah, I did, I cut it up and put it into a little bag, and, yeah, David and I kind of decided, okay, before we go through security, we're going to pop these um, and eat it, and then once we get through, when it's time to get on the plane, we'll be um, probably, at that time, we'll probably start to feel it. We're, like, we're on the plane, and then we'll, be ready to like basically fall asleep and it'll be smooth sailing for like the nine hour flight and we'd be just like knocked out and have a pleasant experience um and that's kind of like what we thought and our plan was to do that but obviously not did not turn out that way um because those edibles hit like way earlier than expected because yeah i guess like it was edible uh, it was gummy so it kind of like melts while you eat it um, and I think, like, let's just say if it was chocolate, I think we'd have, like, a different experience. Chocolate even might take a little bit more to digest it. But the gummy, it was just, like, as soon as we downed it, it was, like, already starting to act. <laughs> so, thank God we did get through security. It was pretty smooth, and it took, it was really fast. So we went to our gate, and um, we had maybe, like, an hour before we were allowed to board. And so within the next, like, 15, 20 minutes, we're, like, so zoned out. And we're just, like, what is going on? Everything, like, all of our uh, senses were just, like, heightened. And, like, I was so paranoid. Like, anything that came on the announcement, I thought they were, like, looking for us or something. And, like, something was, like, going to happen. And I just, like, kept looking around. Like, I was being so shifty. And, like, maybe someone else that saw me was, like, the fuck is wrong with her? Like, why is she fidgeting and, like, looking around so much? But then, like, once David and I kind of made contact and acknowledged that each other were, like, both fucked, that, like, where we were done, like, we couldn't deny it anymore. We're just, like, okay, we're accepting that we're fucked now. And, like, we're kind of, we're just, like, locked in our seats and really did not think that we'd be able to get up and get on the plane. And they were starting to, like, they finally, it felt like the longest time ever has passed until they finally started calling for people to get on the plane once they called for our seat numbers to get to go up there like I thought we were gonna miss the plane even though we are like literally steps away from it um because I was just like I can't even get up right now like this is impossible like I thought it was just the hardest thing to do was to get up and walk in plus we had like our luggage and stuff everything was weighed like down like there it seemed like there was like a huge weight on the shoulders and I'm just like oh my god I can't yeah. and I felt so sick oh, just thinking no. about getting on the plane because I was like you know at that point you're so paranoid that you think like I'm gonna you're gonna make the biggest you. mistake <laughs> yeah or like make the biggest mistake of your life getting on the plane because it's gonna like fall and like you know you kind of think your head spins and mm-hmm. your mind kind of wanders off and starts thinking about like everything right yeah. and it's not always like the most positive things Mm -hmm. um at that point like you know the thought of like the plane gonna come and crash and stuff like all you know all popped up and I was like great scared and sick to my stomach really and I get on we finally make it on the plane and we're just like both like oh my god like have had our heads on the seat in front of us we're just like oh (laughs) like just 
no <laughs> need water or like ginger ale or something sparkling like that's all we want right now and finally the plane you know lifts off and we're just really just try to force ourselves to fall asleep because like that was our intention in the beginning mm. right I mean after maybe halfway over a little bit over halfway into the into the flight like we started feeling back to normal again it, the feeling finally um kind of started how many to, hours is that around about five hours yeah five hours yeah five hours and then I was like drifting in and out of sleep um because my body was like pretty like hypersensitive mm. because of all of that like I forced myself to fall asleep but like things would be like rocking around and like noises and like I would just like wake up every half an hour mm -hmm. you know and yeah it was just not not pleasant yeah. like I wouldn't recommend that maybe if you smoke a joint beforehand I think that's yeah I don't know have you had a similar experience I've definitely had a few like flying out of Vancouver and like going to LA or whatever and taking like a gummy and just <laughs> sitting on the plane as it hits you and I mean like the flight to LA is not long right so <laughs> but I just remember thinking like as the plane took off I was like shit I'm still gonna be blazed by the time we land and you know when you just know that it's kicking in I tend to feel it most in my eyes first like my eyes okay. just kind of start to I don't know there's like a, yeah there's like a definite droop or my eyes just get heavier even if they're not like yeah. closing, they definitely get heavier. Yeah. And I just felt that. And yeah. then I had a little nap and woke up and just remember thinking like, oh, my eyes are definitely blazed now. Like, like definitely <laughs> a lot smaller than they were. And I just remember having a moment of like, what are they going to do if they know that I'm clearly blazed when I get off the plane? Like, can they do anything about it? Because I've just come from a legal country, even if I yeah. have nothing on me other than the fact that it's inside me. <laughs> yeah. And then there are definitely edible experiences that I've had where I've almost basically greened out. Um, and it tends to be with edibles more than it is with flour. Yeah. There was one time, um, and I've talked about this too, where I took a three-foot bong rip. And the, yeah. and the cone was... A three-foot? Yeah, Holy and shit. And the cone was, like, packed to the top. And I never have cones packed to the top. They're usually, like, halfway or around halfway, sometimes a bit less, depending on what I'm, how I'm feeling. And I just yeah. remember taking this three-foot bong toke, and I couldn't even reach the cone. That's how far away it was from the mouthpiece. <laughs> um, yeah. And... My friend was lighting it for me and I started dragging, but because the bong is so long, even though you're dragging, the smoke's not getting to your mouth. You're just constantly dragging this cloud up through the water and up the mouthpiece. And then as the cone was almost done, my friend pulled it and the smoke just came rushing into my lungs. And I just remember taking this huge toke in and then on my exhale, just kind of passing out. Did you actually pass Not out? Not pass out that I don't remember. I just remember my like whole everything shutting down from my eyes. Oh, maybe you blacked out. Yeah, I didn't. It was almost like it was a blackout, but I know I didn't black out because I remember the whole thing. Like I remember exactly uh... who I leaned on. I was leaning on my girlfriend, <laughs> like I exhaled and just like leant on my friend 
and my eyes just closed and I just held on to her and everyone was like is she okay and I know I know myself that when I feel like I'm getting too high or too blazed one method I use to pull it back is just to scull a whole bunch of water like that's the one thing that always saves me when I feel like oh I think I'm getting a bit too elevated too high I always scull a bunch of water and that seems to help like it kind of levels me back so I don't know if it's some kind of dehydration thing. Definitely not a scientist, so don't quote me on that. Still, though, like the worst thing that can happen when you overconsume cannabis is not great. Like obviously, you like you still need to be aware and control. Know your um, limits. Control yourself when yeah, know know that yeah for sure the risk factor to it, and I don't think everyone understands this yet is is really not as high as like alcohol or vaping um, nicotine because actually I had mm. a worse experience when I I think maybe I have I didn't get enough water or rest or whatever and I do sometimes take part in like vaping like I have a vape uh, but for e-juice right like so there was one time mm-hmm. where I think I over inhaled or something or had to like it was I had too much maybe in like a short time frame and my body like I I blacked out I wasn't passed out like I wasn't but like this I, thank god like I was with my boyfriend at the time and he saw me and like I literally like my eyes rolled back and I started my body started twitching I had no control over it even though I was like in my head was aware that it was happening and I just like my yeah. body started convulsing I was doing this weird paralyzed like twitching thing and and like I finally kind of like stopped after a couple seconds and then I opened my eyes and I was like wait what just happened like was my body like you know and he was just David was just staring at me he's like are you okay he's like like watching this whole thing go down like do I help her oh shit yeah what's going on yeah he was he was like yo yo (laughs) yo like that like you know trying to hold me or something and I'm like half awake half not like I just had no control over my body even though I was aware kind of slightly of what was going on like I just Mm -hmm. all I knew was like my body was doing this fucked up thing but I I couldn't stop it for the life of me it had a reaction that you couldn't control Mm -hmm. yeah exactly um yeah I was just gonna say like as much as that experience at the airport from doing um too much edible um as bad as that was and as bad as I felt during that time I think like at this point it's kind of like a funny story to tell I've definitely felt worse after drinking too much mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. there were times where I had too much alcohol and the next day like I felt even worse than that like that's definitely a thing to a point where it makes you think I'm never drinking again like it makes you think that mm-hmm. it's so bad mm-hmm. you're like never again I will never do this mm-hmm. and do. actually <laughs> it, it does work because I I hate taking shots. Like I don't drink hard liquor or anything. I never had an issue with alcohol or anything, but it's just like, it just felt so bad mm. that I'm like, you know, I, that's not worth it. <laughs> yeah, totally. So based on that, what is your biggest tip for someone who's just starting their cannabis journey? What's the one piece of advice you wish you'd known? I mean, just start slow, everything in moderation. Um, I wouldn't recommend doing edibles first. Maybe like, you know, start with flour, vape, something that's easy, more easily controllable. Do it up with your friends. 
yeah, and like don't take it too serious. Definitely agree with Akira there. It's uh, better to go for something that's easily dosable and controllable, as she said. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Bella's Who Blaze. We had a few technical issues with the audio at the end, so unfortunately I had to cut it like this. But thank you so much for tuning in to the episodes each week. If you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover um, and any feedback, feel free to DM us. Uh, We're always open for chats and love connecting with Bellas and fellas out there. Have a great day and until next week, matane and matewa. Thanks for listening to Bellas Who Blaze.